friends, I just want to remind each of you of how proud you should be of yourselves for hanging in there with your parents. They became our replacement teachers overnight. I had to bounce some tough stuff, you know. Now the school is almost over. You should give yourselves a big pat on the back. And be sure to give your parent or guardian a hug, too. We made it. Now, on to the show. Welcome to All Things Madison, the podcast exclusively for kids, sure to tickle your funny bone while learning something new at the same time. You'll hear from talking bears, laughing unicorns, and farting sloths. <clears throat> Excuse me, announcer lady, but it ain't that kind of show. Are you sure? Um, yes. I'm the producer. That's the thrifty little diva show you're talking about. You know, the other one. Okay then, on that note, here's your host, Madison Lauren, and her dad. <clears throat> oh, right, uh, let's see here. And her super smart, <laughs> hilariously funny, Best of best dads, Mr. Durante Smith. Please enjoy the show. Classic, Daddy, classic. What? Did you really just make her say all that? Well, yeah, it's our show. You mean it's my show? It's got my name on it, remember? Besides, you already got a podcast. You mean I can't have two? (laughs) And I'm producing it. Oh, Daddy, can we just start the show? Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boys and girls. Welcome to my show. I'm excited to have you here. This show takes behind the scene of all the places you love. We talk with famous authors, actors, and people who make movies. And you'll learn some neat stuff, too. Oh, yeah. And then there's my dad, the goofball, who helps out a little, too. And answer the joke of the day for a chance to win an autographed postcard from your girl. Okay, so stick around for another fun-filled episode. Enjoy the show. We'll return in just a moment, right after we thank our sponsors. This week, I got to interview a New York Times best-selling author, Sarah Albee. Most insects are just going about their little insect lives, doing what insects do. And some of them are so incredibly cool. Ms. Abby's work focuses on weird stuff in science and strange stuff in history. She has a fascination with the world of weird, and she's on a mission to help kids understand it all. You should definitely check out Ms. Abby's newest book. It's called North America, A Fold-Out Graphic History, and it's delightful. To learn more, go to sarahabbybooks.com. That's A-L-B-E-E. And be sure to subscribe to All Things Madison on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts today. Thanks. And now back to the show. Okay, Madison, so let's tell your audience about your interview with Mrs. Sarah Albee. Uh, that's the interview for today, and let's share with them what that was like. Okay, Daddy. It was really great. I learned about history and things, cool things about bugs. So, Miss Albie, she specializes in really strange and weird stuff about history and really cool and weird and just kind of what she calls speedy things about science, too, correct? Correct. 
The science stuff is really cool too. And the stuff about history, I had no idea. Like, did you actually know bugs changed world wars? Uh, no, I did not know that. I thought that was really cool too. How these little tiny insects, little tiny bugs, actually changed the course of history and the wars. Right? Right up. And did you know ants can lift five times their own body weight? Yeah, that's cool too. So she teaches us some really cool stuff. And I want some of her books, Daddy. Okay, here's my interview with Miss Sarah Arby. Enjoy. First off, Miss Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Madison. I'm thrilled to be here. It's not every day an eight-year-old gets to meet a New York Times best-selling author. Well, it's not every day a New York Times best-selling author gets to have a nice, cool meeting with an eight-year-old named Madison. And with over 100 books under your belt, I don't even know where to start, but I'll jump in. Question one. To begin with, as I said through your bio, it seems like you look for quirky ways to get kids to look at things differently, like history of poop or how bugs get changed the words, stuff like that. That's kind of fascinating. So tell me, how did you come up with that? You know... I think every author who writes for kids has an inside kid in them. And my inside kid is 10 or 11 years old. I think I just love things that 10 and 11 year olds like, or I hope I do. And I sort of think if if I think something's cool or worth investigating, I hope that a kid your age will think the same thing. So I was fascinated and I look into things I really want to find out about. Like I wanted to know who invented the toilet. Do you know who invented the toilet? No. (laughs) Would you like to know? A lot of people think they say, they say, Oh yeah, John Crapper. No such person. Actually, the guy's name was Thomas Crapper and he did not invent the toilet. He sort of modified the design. There really wasn't just one person who invented the toilet, the flush toilet. I mean, but a bunch of different people who were good at plumbing kind of developed it over a few decades. That's neat. <laughs> Question two. With so many bus imprint, your mind must be busy all the time. How do you find time for a personal life? And what do you recommend to the writers who struggle with work and life balance? Wow, that's a good question. You know... This is going to sound really sort of preachy and goopy, probably, especially when I say it to a kid. But if I could give kids one bit of advice, it's study what you want to study and try to find a job that you really enjoy doing. Because if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And I love what I do. I love history. I love reading history. I love learning about history. I love writing. So it doesn't really feel like a job. So, you know, I think it's also, I'm married to a teacher. My husband teaches high school kids and both of us actually do struggle with that a little bit. Like when can you leave your work behind and go just have fun? Because teachers always have work to do and they always have lessons to plan or papers to grade or, or whatever it is you te- those teachers do. But, and writers, it's kind of the same thing. I, I always, my mind is always thinking, Ooh, wouldn't this be a cool idea? Maybe I should look into that or, Ooh, I should really revise blah, blah, blah. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm always thinking about 
my work, but luckily I like my work. But you're right, it is hard. It's not easy to strike a balance. And I kind of make myself strike a balance. Like I, I love to play basketball. I love to exercise. I love to be in my garden. I love to walk my dog. So I just have myself take breaks and go do other stuff. And, you know, that's also a great way to come up with great ideas because when you're sitting there staring at your computer and thinking, oh, I have to have an idea. I have to have an idea. You don't get an idea. But if you go do something else, like you go walk your dog or go for a run or whatever, sometimes ideas will just pop into your head. I have to agree. <laughs> Question three. You seem to really like bugs. Why do you like bugs so much? To be honest, bugs gross me out. Ah, but you haven't met the right bugs, Madison. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. There are bugs that if I never meet another one, I will consider that too soon. Like mosquitoes, I could live without mosquitoes quite happily for the rest of my life. Um, I could live without all kinds of cockroaches and biting ants. And I mean, those are the ones that get all the headlines in the news, you know, or like, or stinging hornets, things like that. But those are just a teeny tiny percentage of the quintid billion bugs there are in the world. And most insects don't bother people. Most insects are just going about their little insect lives, doing what insects do. And some of them are so incredibly cool. Like ants. Ants are, I could, when I was your age, I used to just sit and watch ants, you know, carrying stuff five times their body weight and building little sand castles and things like that. I mean, Insects are really amazing if you if you really pay attention to them and don't get too skeeved out. But yeah, I agree with you. There are insects that I would like to never meet, like a bot fly. Go look that one up. That's not a pleasant insect at all. I won't tell you about it, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> Question four. You have a very interesting career path. You were a semi-professional basketball player overseas, which means you're really good when you worked at the production company for, that produces one of my favorite kids' shows, Sesame Street. Did that give you insight into writing for children? It sure did. Um, yeah, my, well, when I was playing basketball, I played basketball all through, of course, all through high school and all through college. And then after college, this is way back in the 80s. This is a, a million trillion years ago. There weren't a lot of opportunities for women to play basketball back then. There were no like women's basketball leagues. There was certainly no WNBA, anything like that. Not that I was good enough to play in the WNBA, but you know, it'd be nice to have the option had I been that good. Um, so I was surprised when I went to live in Cairo, Egypt, that women there played basketball and boy, do they. It was so fun to play on this team while I was there. And then I came back um, from Cairo and I was looking for a job and I moved to New York City because my sister lived there and I slept on the floor of her apartment while I looked for a job. And that's where I found this job at Sesame Street. So I was just super, super lucky that I managed to find this job. And that's when I realized I wanted to write for kids because I knew I kind of wanted to be a writer, but I wasn't sure what kind of a writer. And then when I got this job at Sesame Street, that's when I realized this is my true love is writing for kids. Interesting story. 
And my last question, what do you tell young writers like myself who want to one day write books and travel around the world speaking to kids in different parts of the country? Well, it sounds like you're already doing a lot of the work that it takes. It sounds like you have a big interest in books. I'm guessing you're quite a reader, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's the first major, major, major route to becoming a good writer is being a reader. And reading anything you want, it doesn't have to be you know, high literature or anything like that. You should read whatever you want to read and whatever gives you pleasure or whatever makes you laugh or cry or want to turn the pages. And then if you want, if you want to really study how to become a writer, go back to the books that you love and go back to the places in the books that you love, like maybe the end of a chapter where the book made you cry or made you laugh or made you want to turn the page and keep reading and look at it again, read that section again and see if you can tell what did the writer do to bring out this reaction in me as a reader? Like do the sentences get shorter or uh, is there, are there a lot of really cool verbs in there or, is it, is it very spare? Is there a lot of description? You know, there's all kinds of little strategies that writers use to, to bring out emotions in their readers. And if you just read something for pleasure first, don't, don't pay any attention to what you think the writer's doing. But then go back and read it again and see if you can s- sort of see what the writer did. So I, I still do that as a grown-up. I read, read, read everything I can. I love to read. I don't know a single writer who's a professional writer who is not also a reader. But if there's a book that I love, I will go back and I will read it again. And I will see what is it about this book that I love so much. And I, I don't know, sometimes when I want to get in the mood to write, I read. I used to feel guilty about like in the middle of my workday, just sitting in a chair and reading. But then you know what? Reading is part of my job as a writer. And it's just the same as you as a kid. It's part of your job, too, if you want to become a writer. It is. Miss Sarah, I really appreciate your time. Well, this has been super fun for me. It's not every day I get to talk to a cool kid like you. Thank you. Please don't be a stranger to the show. And let us know when your next book comes out so we can support it. Bye. Bye. Thank you. We'll return in just a moment, right after we thank our sponsors. Hey, Daddy, is it spring yet? Yep. Doesn't that mean shopping for new clothes? It does. And wouldn't now be a good time to tell people about my t-shirts? It would. And all your new merchandise, too. Right. So go right ahead. These are your fans. They're sort of like your extended family. And as I always say, people don't know how to support you if you don't tell them. Okay, guys. So here's the deal. I got stickers, phone cases, notebooks, book bags, water bottles, and of course, cool t-shirts. Okay, how's that, Daddy? Good. Now wrap it up. So get your tees, please, at shopmadisonlearn.com. You don't want to be left out. Trust me. And support your girl today. Thank you. And now back to the show. Daddy, can't answer this riddle. 
Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pup pies? What on earth? Like Peter Pan? Like, you know who Peter Pan is, right? What are pickled peppers? Pick a pack of pickled peppers. It's like peppers that you eat while popping pot pies. And what is popping pot pies? Like chicken pot pie, turkey pot pie. When you get a pot pie fresh out of the oven, it's got a little bump in it. And it's fun to poke it. That's popping pot pies. Get it? Ah, now I see. Interesting. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe we should ask that gentleman sitting right there at the curb. Excuse me, sir. My name's Durante, and this is my daughter. Hello. Hello there. My name's Madison Lauren, and this riddle's tricky. You don't say. What makes it so tricky? Because it's a hard tongue twister. Hmm. Well, let me hear the question. Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pup pies? Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? I can't really say. Let me call my wife. She's good at these sorts of things. Hello, dear. Charles, what seems to be the matter? Are you coming home soon? No, no, I'm sitting here in conversation with a lad and his daughter at the park, you see, and they've just asked me the most curious question. I said to myself, it has your name written all over it. Well, what's the question, Charles? Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? Hmm, can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? I've never heard of such, Charles. Neither have I. That's why I thought I'd call you. Well, let me try Martha. That sounds like a dandy idea. Hey, Martha. Sarah, how are you? It's been such a long time. Yes, yes, I know. We can catch up later. I've got some things in the oven cooking. Look, I just have a quick question for you. Well, what seems to be the question, Sarah? Charles called me with a question, and it's a dandy one, if you will. A dandy question, you say? Yes, a dandy one, if you will. Well, spit it out then, lady. Don't just leave me in suspense all day. <clears throat> the question is, can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? Say what? Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? Can Peter Pan pick a pack of who? Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? Well, I don't know if he can do that. L let me ask George. George is upstairs. Hold on one second, dear. George! George! What do you want? I'm trying to take a nap. I have a question for you. Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? I don't know. And leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. Well, what does that? Seems he doesn't know either, Sarah. Sorry I couldn't be of more help. Don't worry about it. I'll ring you back later when I have a little more time. Yes, of course. Goodbye. Charles? You there? Yes, dear. Neither Martha nor George knows the answer. Sorry to disappoint, hun. I see. 
can you pick up a loaf of bread while you're out? Yes, yes, of, of course, my love. Uh, see you in a bit. Sorry, mate, it, it seems there's no such luck on my end. Wish I could have been more help. Ah, thank you, my friend. Good day. Madison, come on, let's keep going. Come on, keep up. <sighs> Just a little bit faster. We're almost there. <sighs> okay, stop, let's stop, let's stop. <sighs> okay, that's a good jog. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Hey, what about the lady over there? Uh, the one with the wolf? <laughs> that's not a wolf, Daddy. It's a dog. Yeah, it looks like a wolf to me. I don't care what you say. Well, how about we ask her? Yeah, I'll let you do that one. Excuse me, miss. Can you answer this riddle for me, please? Um, I'll try. Can Peter Pan pick a pack of pickled peppers while popping pot pies? Hmm, let me think. Honestly, I don't know. That was bananas. That turned into a musical or something, didn't it? Yeah. And where did the band come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Hey, guys, we need your help to solve this tongue twister riddle. Leave us a video what Peter Pan can do that other kids cannot. And the winner will get an autographed postcard from George Trilly. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the joke of the day. <laughs> okay, ready, Daddy? Here we go. Why did the kid throw his clock out of the window? Hmm, not sure. Because he wanted to see time fly. Get it? Time flies. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Next, why are fish so smart? Hmm, uh, because. They like seafood? No, Daddy. Because they live in schools. <laughs> uh, 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 funny, funny. Now this is a good one. Why did the pony get sent to his room? Hmm, again, I don't know. He wouldn't stop horsing around. Get it, horsing around? <laughs> Whew. Last one. What do you call a bear with no ears? Hmm, not a bear? No, silly. A bee. A bee? Wait a minute. Bear? Ears? <laughs> that was a good one. I get that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Okay, guys. We need your help. Help us pick the joke of the day. And the winner will get all that postcard from yours truly. So leave us a comment or better get shoot a video. And we'll be sure to like it. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, friends. I chose three of Miss Obby's books to tell you about. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. First is Poop Happened. Aimed at kids eight and up, Poop Happened examines how societies 
from ancient times from present day have had to confront the problem of what to do with their waste. Readers will discover that the improper disposal of human waste has led to some very bad consequences, namely wars, disease, insect troubles and plagues, high infant mortality, heavy alcohol consumption, short lifespans, cavians, explosions, revolts, and collapsed empires, to say nothing of the smelly city streets. Woo, that's stinky. Next is Bud, how insects change history. There are about 10 quintillion insects in the world, and some of them have affected human history in tremendous ways. For example, for as long as humans been on Earth, we coexisted with insects for better or for worse. Once we begin to look at the world history through fly speck glasses, you begin to see the mark of these minute life forms at every turn. Beneficial bugs have built empires. Bad bugs have toppled them. Bug is not your everyday history book. This book is a combination of world history, social history, natural science, epidemiology, public health, conservation, and microbiology. It's told with fun and informative graphics and an irreverent voice, making this one a fun to read book. Whew, that's a lot. And last but not least, why they were that? In this humorous and approachable narrative, kids will learn about outrageous, politically perilous, funky, disgusting, regrettable, and life-threatening creations. People have worn throughout the course of human history, all the way up to present day. Cool. And that's just a few of Miss Obby's books. If you want to learn more, go to sarahobbybooks.com. Today's word of the day is taken from the interview with Miss Obby, and the word is modified. Modify means typically as to improve it or make it less extreme. She may be prepared to modify her opinion. That's an example. The word of the day is modify. Thank you for checking out my show. So be sure to check me out each week where you can find me at All Things Madison on your podcast and YouTube. And subscribe, please. I need fans, guys. And check out my website at thriftylildiva.me. And remember, we love you just the way you are. Mm. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to All Things Madison. Kindly take a moment to subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show so that our participating partners know you are following along. You can get your Madison Lauren graphic tees at shopmadisonlauren.com or follow her YouTube channel at All Things Madison. This production was brought to you by Infinity Global Media Group, LLC. Contact us at smith.durante at gmail.com for bookings or more information.